Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of A Good Good Thing. I hope you're having a good week full of great things. And if you're not, well, you're in luck because from here on in, Jack, what is this? This is a good vibes only space. Super great, so great, so great, yeah, yeah. We could. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we could. This week, I would like to speak about steroids as my good good thing. I'm assuming not the kind that gives you giant muscles. I am not talking about Arnold's. I've never heard them called Arnold's before. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Get in the chopper. <laughs> I do it. Arnold's gym candy, pumpers, roids, stackers. I looked up some of the nicknames um, and also different variants have different subnames like Halo, Debol, Var. Draw and my personal favorite, Winnie. <laughs> okay, so we're not talking about the gym type. Yeah, we're not talking about anabolic steroids, right? Normal steroids, yeah. anabolic steroids. Most people, when they think of steroids, they think muscle-bound hunks and they yeah. think anabolic steroids. Um, we're not talking about those for two reasons. Um, one, because they have long-term health issues. And two, do you, re- <laughs> do you remember this in school? They always used to say that if you take steroids, it'll shrink your testes. Yeah, it was always that would give you a small dick. <laughs> that was the fear they put into you. That's what they rested. They rested all of their attempts on. Just say it. Say it'll give them a small dick. It's the only way you'll stop them. To be honest, they should have said that about like premarital sex or something, and that probably would have helped as well. <laughs> well, it also, along with small testes, uh, is linked to heart problems, unwanted physical changes, and aggression. Um, so many reasons not to have those steroids but no we're talking about good steroids um do you know anything about good steroids oh well, do you know what though even when you said good steroids i was like well even some good steroids aren't that good because they have loads of like pretty hefty side effects that you don't want either but i'm assuming you're talking about medical steroids that help with chronic illnesses <laughs> yes that was like talking to wikipedia <laughs> um yes i'm talking about steroids which have positive medical uses not just ones that help you get your pump on so steroids are generally anti-inflammatory medicines used to treat a range of conditions you get them as like steroid creams or steroid inhalers or steroid injections or steroid pills and they're commonly used for like asthma or hay fever or eczema or lupus or Crohn's disease or MS. Um, and we're not talking about any of those either. But actually, if I think about it, having like said all of those, it's kind of amazing that like, I don't know, for, the hu- for all of human history, 50,000 years, we would just suffer with those conditions, right? Those conditions existed. And in the last 50 years, we've been like, hmm, wait a minute, we can fix all of those. So isn't that in itself an amazing thing? Yeah, well, I was watching, um, I had such a weird night the other night where I decided that my entertainment for the evening was going to be watching the film Contagion, which wasn't like the wisest thing in a lot, in like considering why we're in lockdown. That actually was trending top of Netflix as soon as lockdown was announced. Then because I watched that, it threw up a documentary about tuberculosis. So I decided to watch that as well. Um, and that was mind blowing that like how savage it was. And there was just nothing you could do until um, they came up with, I was gonna say vaccine, but like not just the vaccine for that, but like the general type of vaccines um, and antibiotics to fight it. I was just like, that's crazy. So I want to talk about a steroid 
that is in the news recently and has had an impact, a really positive impact on how we treat the coronavirus. In fact, it is like the first medically proven medicine to have a positive impact on coronavirus sufferers. Um, and so we're not talking, we're not talking cure, we're talking symptom management and severity management? We are talking, I mean, that is in the discussion in the episode. So I'm just going to hold your horses there and people can, Sorry. can enjoy that as it's revealed in a narrative structure <laughs> throughout the process of the podcast. Are we clear on what's going to happen? Yes, when apologies. Together. So I want to talk about, uh, oh, I always forget how to say it. This is embarrassing. Uh, they're always really long words. Uh, dexamethasone. dexamethasone. I mean, I wouldn't have thought that was wrong, so that's all right. Let's just go with that. <laughs> um, have you seen the news about dexamethasone? Uh, I have. Se- I have seen it. Yeah. Yeah, it's considered the first major scientific breakthrough in the preservation of life against COVID nineteen, um, and it's actually a very old drug. So it was made in. It was created in 1957 by Dr. Philip Hench. And dexamethasone has been used since 1957 in the treatment of many conditions, including arthritis, skin diseases, severe allergies, asthma, chronic obstructive lung disease, uh, brain swelling, and eye pain. Um, So what some very intelligent people at the University of Oxford thought is that we need to see which drugs are going to be useful for people during the coronavirus pandemic. And so we need to do some randomized clinical trials with a selection of drugs to see what will help people out. Um, And this was started very quickly at the outbreak of the pandemic called the Randomized Evaluation of COVID-19 Therapy or the Recovery Trial. I see what they did there. Cove in the middle. It's like, it's a nice it's great. University of Oxford, top quality it's acronym. It's a Hollywood story. And, and, and Oxford University is like kind of is leading the way in most coronavirus treatments. Um, I was watching a uh, an update to the Netflix Explained series on coronavirus. And it was saying that like out of all of the different candidates for vaccine, um, the world is looking at the one that Oxford is is working on um, because of, oh, I get the wrong one, but I think it's because they were already still working on, it was either continued work on H1N1 or SARS. I think it was the SARS one. Um, they were able to leapfrog it into uh, one for coronavirus because they have a similar starting point. And theirs is looking very promising. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was SARS that they were leapfrogging from. So they, what they did is they chose six potential medicines that might be helpful in helping alleviate symptoms or cure people from coronavirus. And then they put through a huge clinical trial. So the clinical trial for dexamethasone is 6,000 people in total, 6,000 seriously sick people with the coronavirus. Now, of these six trials that Oxford is putting on, one of these has already been discontinued, which you may have heard of, which is Hydro, uh, hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxy, hydroxychloroquine. That's how you say it. <laughs> I'm glad this is you doing it, not me, because <laughs> I wouldn't have a clue. I'd just be like, there was a drug, and then they've already got rid of another drug, and they got rid of another drug. There's a video on the internet, and it's Donald Trump, and they're like kind of 
it's like a liberal left wing video and they're kind of mocking him for not being able to say it and there's people like ha 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 silly donald trump hydroxychloroquine <laughs> it's not easy is it <laughs> um so hydroxychloroquine um and the trial for this drug has been discontinued but there's kind of a scandal about it have you heard the scandal i have not so they were trying this drug but uh, a series and they've been trying it across the world all different research areas and then this one data set of outcomes of uh, people who have taken this drug was released across the world and people were examining it and they kind of were like, oh, well, it seems to not have any positive effects. Um, and loads of research papers were published about this and they're all being published quite rapidly because we're in a pandemic, right? And it's important to get that information and research science out into the medical world. They found out that the person who created this data set of these medical outcomes from taking, uh, taking these drugs is a tiny bit of a charlatan um, who's like a researcher whose previous research work has been questioned, the like uh, validness of it. And then when they were looking into this data set, they found out that some of these hospitals were in places where like really rural outback under supported hospitals that were not even recording the data in the hospital that has been said to have been included in this study. Wow. So basically all of the studies that were on that, uh, based upon that data set have been recalled. The data set has been kind of like struck from the record of these publications. And people are really, really considering the guy who put this together as like just this opportunist who's been trying to take advantage and maybe boost his prestige or maybe sell the data set for money. I don't know. I don't know the full details, but it's this crazy like side story of some guy who's pushing some half. I mean, maybe he thought he was getting proper information, but clearly didn't do enough due diligence. No. Um, but this podcast is a good, good thing and not terrible opportunists do awful things. So we're going to yeah, bring it back. You can, you can still save it, get it back on track. <laughs> so hydroxychloroquine, the study is cancelled at Oxford, which was disappointing for them. This one, dexamethasone, I wish there was a short way of saying that, maybe dexy. People really wanted this study to have good results because it's a super old drug. Like it was made, as I said, in the late 1950s and old drugs mean cheap drugs and old drugs mean easily available drugs. So obviously it'd be free here in the UK, but the cost to the NHS to provide treatment of this drug is about five pounds. In America where people have to pay- And that's five pounds per person per dose. Per, no, not per or dose, per treatment. per treatment. Five pounds per treatment per person. Um, in America, where they still have to pay for medicine, it's still only about $25, which is crazy cheap considering a lot of America's medical expenses. And in India, it works out that a treatment of this is about 37 rupees. I love the currency, rupees. It makes it sound really like expensive. Um, 37 rupees, which is only 50 cents. So like if this drug had positive outcomes, it's like, wow, this is a really good way and a really affordable way across the world of helping people. So they did the trial. They got 2,000 patients, 2,104 patients, and they dosed them with six milligrams of dexamethasone every day, um, either in their mouth or through an injection uh, for, for 10 days. And then they compared those people and their outcomes with 4,000 uh, patients who were chosen at random, who were just on the normal care that wouldn't have got this drug. Okay, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. 
feel bad for the people that didn't get it? For the 4,000, 4,300 people um, who didn't take this drug, their death rates at 28 days uh, were highest for people who were put onto a ventilator, ventilator, which makes sense, and that was 41%. So 41% of the people from this group who were put on a ventilator uh, died. And then for people who needed oxygen only, 25% of those went on to die. And then those whose lungs were working well without those treatments, only 13% went on to die. Okay, so of these 4,000 people who didn't get the drug, 41% who went on a ventilator passed away, 25% who required oxygen passed away, 13% who didn't have those conditions were able to survive. Now, in late June, so only a couple of weeks ago, the results for the Dexy... Dexy, Dexy, yeah. yeah. I'm just going to go with Dexy. Official short name. So the results for Dexy came out and it reduced the death rate by one third for people who are on the ventilator and one fifth for people on the oxygen therapy. Um, which, and that can be quite confusing to consider. So what it meant is that if you were to treat eight ventilator patients, one of those people would survive given this treatment, if you gave all of these people this treatment, than if you didn't give all of these people the treatment. Yeah. So what we're saying is we can now save every eight people, one more of them will be alive because of giving them this drug, which is like incredible, right? It's like yeah. going, oh, now we've managed to save one person per eight people in this situation. Yeah, and because if we then look at, you know, if you look at obviously like global numbers, that it doesn't sound like a lot, but then when you start adding it up into the global figures of cases, that becomes a big, big number. Yeah, right. So like, and not only was it good for ventilators, but also for people who needed oxygen. If you, for 25 people who needed oxygen, if you gave them this drug, we'd also save one more life as well. So what we've managed to do is for the sickest people, this drug makes them less sick and gives them a higher chance of surviving. And if you scaled that up to all of the people in the UK epidemic since it started, the difference that dexamethasone makes is it would have saved around four to 5,000 lives. So just in the UK alone, just by giving sick people this five pound drug just in the UK. Now, if you extrapolate that to the world and to the rest of the people and the scope of the pandemic that's still ongoing, we're talking that maybe this can save hundreds of thousands of lives from COVID-19. And that is like, it's a really fitting legacy for the creator, Dr. Hench, who, like many of COVID patients, actually died of pneumonia back in 1965. Oh, wow. I know, you're blown away by that. I am, I am. I had a follow-up question, but then you said about the pneumonia and it took my, it took my mind away and I forgot the follow-up question. I was like trying to find it. Were you blown away by how strong the finish was of that? I was, I was. I was like, it was kind of, it was very much of like a finality to that statement. So it kind of made it hard to follow on. Um, yeah, I've got nothing. Sorry. Cool. Great episode. Right, <laughs> <laughs> Like, because you... Like, I know, I know everyone's like, oh, science is wonderful and medicine's great, but you don't really think about it. Like, how many people had to go into this trial? We're talking like they had to manage 6,000 people. And also to understand whether the drug would make a difference. They had to put 4,000 people without this drug, which they 
thought would make a difference, right? They had to go, these 4,000 people are not going to get this treatment so that we can know whether this treatment helps so that we can give that to the rest of the world. Um, Yeah, completely. And I think it's the, there's, it's, what it also does is the fact that it's helping, like save people, but also by time, it's it's an extra defense layer um, while we continue to look for a vaccine. Um, you know, I, I think it, you know, you can't impress it harder on people, like the process to get a vaccine um, to the, you know, to the point of obviously like all of the trials it has to go to, um, to be a vi- viable candidate, to then get past the first line of red tape, to go into trials, um, and then to make sure that it's safe enough for human trials. Um, because obviously the whole point is, is like they have to, you know, they're not going to start just like needlessly um, like putting drugs into people because that's happened before where uh, strict procedures weren't followed. And, you know, I think it, it was actually one of the original polio vaccines that um, ended up causing loads of problems in people because they didn't, um, uh, it, it was causing loads of side effects. And so, you know, vaccines take a long time, like, years and we're already on this like super fast train to get there and i was thinking at like the comparisons of like you know some taking years and then i think ebola was one of the shortest in that they started work you know they got through to trials in like seven months and like coronavirus has blown it out the water and we were at trials in like 64 days or 65 days um and a lot of it is because of drugs that already exist and lifetime work of other people that are helping um create these jumping points um jumping off points uh for lots of other different companies so i i I don't think i've ever read or looked into it as much as i have since this pandemic and it is genuinely mind-blowing how um how they also all different works how the different drugs work and the different approaches that they have from like you know ones that like teach your body to like replicate an antigen um or an antibody sorry or ones that just kind of take a part of it and that's how they find it to ones that are just actually essentially giving your body the cheat sheet to just recognize something and like yeah it's genuinely mind-blowing it's you know what the whole the whole thing like the whole trail backwards because you don't like you don't think about like often when you see people who are publicized in the news or any kind of popular media right you don't think of the tens or hundreds of thousands of people who go through to make these incremental and sometimes pivotal steps in terms of medical science or technological achievements or some other things which are related to this concept, which I can't think of off the top of my head. (laughs) Um, Like you don't think of these, all of these people just going in and doing a sort, being a tiny cog in a large machine of time and dimension and geography making these changes which make our world and often I think of this when I think of like when people don't really think about society and I'm like Mm. the fact that we have set up the society society as we have has I mean there are lots of ways it can be improved but the fact that we come together and share labor and outsource things to different people and different areas and we don't have this individual mindset just for ourselves the fact that society and consideration for others exists is what allows us to create especially these medical treatments which keep us safe and improve our standards of life well so that's yeah definitely and i think actually that's another uh good story within everything is that 
one thing that has happened with the race to find the coronavirus vaccine is actually the sharing of information. Um, what has happened in the past is uh, that you know something has been found and then it's been held by the people that found it or the country that it was found in to you know to the highest bidder, which meant that actually people weren't receiving it. And one of the big challenges that will happen here, which is why uh, drugs like Dexy are great because they're an older drug and we have stock of them and we can produce them faster, um, is that when we do find a vaccine, we have a never-before-needed attempt to essentially vaccinate the entire globe. Like to reach herd immunity, it needs to be something like, I think it's 40 or 60%. I think it's, uh, yeah, 40 or 60% of the world. Yeah, it's, 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 I think it's over, it's something like, Oh, I'm annoyed that I've forgotten it because it was I was literally looking at it yesterday. It's either like four You're or like, six. This will be really useful for the podcast. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. It's like it's it's either like four or six billion doses. Either way, when we were looking at like SARS and things like that, we've you know we were looking at like four hundred million doses. Whereas like now it's you know how we can even produce that level we don't know yet. But there are um, you know there's companies like Johnson and Johnson who have. Um, already like started working and building factories that are ready to produce it um but have also already declared that they will not be selling it for profit um or like all a large profit um so it will be accessible to all countries and i think that's going to be one of the biggest changes um and actually just, oh, i was going to just jump back to your last point as well um is i think one thing that's also really interesting with the vaccines as well is that when i was um when I was reading into it about how these drugs also help our bodies. Um, we think about them like needing them to just kill off a virus, but actually it's also about like helping maintain how helping our body fight and then move on. One thing that happens in a lot of people that are passing from coronavirus is that their bodies are being infected. Their bodies are trying to fight it. And the body just keeps producing all of these, um, like, you know, white, white blood cells and to kind of attack it and then it doesn't slow down. And that's actually part of the cause of why they pass, um, which is actually really similar to um, my mum, who at some point got sick in her life and body started producing white, uh, white blood cells uh, to fight off uh, the infection. And then her body didn't stop producing them. And actually that increase in white blood cells is what formed a tumor that gave her cancer. Um, obviously, you know, she got over it we know she's fine um which is great uh but yeah i just think it's like there's so much into why vaccines and these drugs are important because it's not just about simply like getting rid of that illness it's about helping your body to continue to recover and i think actually we can add an extra one into that because we are recording on friday the 3rd of uh, july and as of tomorrow here in the uk we are having further lockdown easing. Um, we can finally get our hair cut. We can actually go to the pub. Not in a rush to do that, but great that the offer's there. Um, and yeah, so, you know, these are all positive stories as we kind of move into new levels of uh, freedom. So I think that's a great story for the week. And Frozen 2 is on Disney Plus today. Can't wait. And Hamilton. <laughs> Do you know how many people have said that to today? <laughs> yes, I've seen your Twitter updates. I watched four hours of documentaries on it the other day. Can't wait. It wasn't four hours, it was like three. So sweet, so sweet, so sweet. Like a cherry soda.
Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. And thank you, Jack, for our good, good story. And thank you, Neil, for listening to my good, good story. And thank you, listeners, for also listening to the good, good story. Well, you are welcome. And as always, uh, please come and say hi on social media at a good, good thing. We'd love to hear about your good, good stories that are going on where you are um, and let us know anything that you think we should be looking at and discussing. Otherwise, that's it from us and we will see you in next week's episode. It's not going to be next week, but <laughs> we'll see you in the next episode. Which will be some point. Bye. <laughs> Good thing.